Welcome back to Round Guy Radio. Uh, we're going to be talking spring sports with Andy Kretzinger of the Southeast Iowa Union. Welcome back to the program, Andy. Thanks for having me again. So what's going on in spring sports? The spring sports been getting more and more popular on the channel. Yeah, well, it's it's getting really, really busy. Uh, you know, it's funny, spring sports, they, they jam it into about a month and a half. Um, but it's a busy, busy, busy month and a half. And uh, right now the big thing going on is on uh, – uh, th- well, technically, the Drake Relays have started, but uh, the high school stuff doesn't start till Thursday. And you know, our area's got a a lot of kids. We've got we've actually got three kids this this uh, weekend that are the number one uh, seed or the number one time in their event at Drake, which is you know pretty rare. Usually, we'll have a few go up, and, and maybe one or two will compete for the for the title, but. Um, uh, Mount Pleasant, uh, Mount Pleasant's Jaden Brumbaugh. Uh, she's the defending champion in the um, the girls' shot put at state last year, and the girls' shot put at Drake last year. Um, and she's the the number one uh, thrower by quite a bit. Um, her her top time is just under six, or her her top throw is just under six um, six feet seven inches, and the second best time is just under six feet two inches. So she, she's got a pretty big lead on. The field, she'll be the favorite there to try and go back-to-back, which would be a huge accomplishment. Um, Danielle Hostetler of Mid-Prairie um, in the uh, 1500 is the number one seed. Her, her sisters have won at Drake. I believe they both won at Drake, and and, uh, and obviously won some state stuff, and, and, and she's a stud runner. She's only a sophomore, and um, she's got a chance at that. And then um, New London's Kate Benjamin actually just hit six foot nine in the high jump right before Drake qualifications were over. I mean, he would have been a Drake anyway, but now he's one of the top seeds too. So I know we've got a ton of, just a ton of kids, you know, going. Um, Fairfield hurdlers um, are up there. Um, they've got a couple of relays. My has got a couple of relays. Washington boys have a, a, a few really good events up there with uh, Lance Sabosky and the distance stuff and uh, Elijah Morris. Actually, um, uh, Fairfield's River Patterson and Washington's Elijah Morris are both in the. Uh, 400 there are only 16 kids to qualify in that so that's a pretty big accomplishment and, uh, and i haven't even named them all there's there's a um, card around for new london's and both made both of the throwing events which is a, a big one so we'll have a ton of kids over there at drake this weekend well that sounds exciting seems like we're going to have some uh people really competing for the top spots aren't we yeah we are and that, that's cool you know every year i think we have somebody competing for a state championship in the area especially with you know mid prairie and mount pleasant are always kind of track powers and Pekin's always really good. Um, and so, uh, but I mean, I, I, I can't think it's gotta be pretty rare that three, you know, that three people are, are, are among the top seeds. And even but besides those guys, you know, anybody can win, especially when only 16 and, and a lot of events, there's only 16 qualifiers. So, you know, you're, you're top 16 and that's all of, you know, if you make the Drake relays, that's you're the best in all of the four classes. Uh, it's not like state where they do a one A, a two A, a three A, and four A. It's just the the best go at it. So, uh, is that pretty much what's going on in, in track? Yeah, pretty much. That's the big one in track. And you know, then after Drake, then you get to the, your conference meets will start up, and then your state qualifier, and then and then state weekends the you know the big finale and the most busy weekend. So um, that's pretty much it for track, but. Um, all the other sports are still going strong. I was just at a, uh, I just covered a girls soccer game on, um, Monday between, um, Washington and Mount Pleasant. 
and those two teams, the, the those two girls soccer teams have played uh, played to overtime six games in a row now, dating back to 2019. So it was the spring of 2018 was the last time that they didn't go into overtime when they played, which is kind of a ridiculous stat. Um, and uh, both those teams are, are doing pretty well. Uh, Mount Pleasant's um, Andrea Loperato, uh, who you might remember from basketball season, she was their, their leading scorer in soccer last year, and um, she didn't quite go back out at the beginning of the year, but she's back on the team, and, and she had four goals, and um, Washington's got a couple of, uh, of studs. Um, Giselle Marcelino at Washington had three goals in that game and it's just kind of a fun you watch it and Mount Pleasant are both pretty good at girls soccer these days so it's kind of a little fun little rivalry and a little back and forth and uh, the Washington boys are doing really well they've only lost one game um, Fairfield boys have had a really tough schedule but um, they're going to be a tough out in the playoffs so um, that those tournaments will get started here in a few weeks we're in the second half of conference playing that so um, soccer's heating up as well and um, you know obviously you got your golf and tennis too where we're in a, in a pretty pretty one of the most busy times of the year is, is right now. Yeah, I, I've been seeing a lot on Twitter about the soccer, and it does seem like it's kind of really heating up, and there's some pretty pretty exciting contests, and a lot of, lot of, lot of schools are putting teams out there. Yeah, yeah, there are, and, you know, um, yeah, and we, have, we have, you know, mid, uh, and the small schools, Mid-Prairie's got their own team, Columbus and WMU play together. Danville and New London play in boys, and actually uh, New London plays with Mount Pleasant and girls. Um, Ellie Manning, one of the Mount, Mount Pleasant's best players, is a New London kid. Um, Hillcrest Academy um, has a boys team. So, um, yeah, so w- once we get to this tournament, it'll be just like basketball. I mean, it, it's, you know, it'll be just like basketball in that we got a lot of teams out there trying to get there. We don't, our area doesn't send, the Union coverage area doesn't send a ton of soccer teams to the state, but uh, like Big Prairie boys have only lost one, so there's a there's a chance right now. I know we've got some, we've always got some powers here in Southeast Iowa. Um, Notre Dame is always really, really, really tough. Um, mm-hmm. Our big schools somehow at times have to play Xavier and Iowa City Liberty, and those schools are really, really tough. So they, they have to, you know, put a pretty good team together to be able to compete with those schools. But we'll see what happens. Big shocker, Mid Prairie is good at soccer. What aren't yeah, they? Yeah, I know. I mean, geez, that is, that school is just. They're on top there. They just do everything well, don't they? Yeah, they do. And you know, a lot of those um, those basketball players from basketball season play um, soccer and basketball. Actually, Justice Jones from the basketball team is one of the better. Uh, he's got one of the better stat lines of any goalie right now in uh, boys soccer. So yeah, they're a pretty pretty tough team. But and you know, the, we've had some area teams playing pretty close. Columbus WMU did. So um, I think the brackets for soccer probably come out in maybe a couple of weeks. And we'll be able to see what the road to state in that is. But like I said, there's there's always some pretty tough outs because those uh, those private schools and the big cities, you know, they they always have some really 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 good soccer teams. Yeah, well, I'm kind of I'll, I'll, I'll be kind of following that with interest, and uh, we'll try to keep our listeners up on how that tournament's going. Uh, talk to me about tennis. You mentioned that that's the only uh, sport that Fairfield Maharishi uh, still sports a team in. Uh, yeah, yeah, well, and Maharishi's always been really good at tennis. Um, they've got some good coaches over there with Steve Briggs. Uh, Steve Briggs has been their boys coach for, for a long time. And um, um, and so my, I would say their best individual player right now is on the girls' side. Um, so we have two re- – well, we have a few, actually, uh, really good players on the girls' side. But we have two returning state 
qualifiers. Um, Tess Payton from Fairfield uh, is undefeated right now. She's just rolling through everyone, basically. You know, Fairfield lost a lot of seniors, so they're not winning a lot of team, you know, team matches. But the way tennis works is the, the, the top tennis player on the team always plays the top team, the top player that you're playing against. And Tess Payton got third at um, State last year, and she's been rolling along. But her biggest uh, competition this year was um, Lily Fitton from uh, Fairfield Maharishi. She, she, she took her down to, I think it was 8-6. to six in favor of Peyton. So it was a, a tight one. And both of those girls are state qualifiers. And so we'll get down to the regional qualification here. And, and you know, if, if Lily Fitton is that close to, to Peyton, those two could both go uh, far, far away, you know, when that state singles tournament starts. So um, that's pretty exciting. I don't know if any of the teams are good enough to go as a team. The Mount Pleasant boys have only, had only lost once. Um, they were the, the, between Mount Pleasant and Burlington, the, those two are, um, kind of the class of the Southeast Conference in boys uh, tennis. Um, Owen Vantickle from Mount Pleasant is uh, the number one player right now. Um, one, another basketball name that you might recognize, but um, but I don't know. I don't know if we'll, anybody will get there as a team, but uh, we got some some pretty good chance for individuals for the girls. Well, I know uh, Scotty Melvin and I, you know, noticed, you know, whether it were, we're following football, then we're following basketball, and you know, now through soccer or tennis or whatever. This doesn't surprise me. It's the same yeah. people or the same kids, you know, that are just so talented. It doesn't seem to matter what sport they're in. Yeah, yeah. They're, and, man, we've got, there, there are a lot of kids out there that are playing, you know, uh, two sports in the spring, which I could have never done. But there's kids playing soccer and track and track and tennis and soccer and tennis. And, you know, and so, uh, yeah, they're, it's, it's a pretty healthy uh, spring sports season. I grew up in South Central Iowa, and I, I feel like our spring sports teams weren't very – very big in high school, but down here they really uh, they really take these things seriously. You 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 think that the Southeast Iowa pretty good support for uh, these spring sports, the community? Yeah, I'd say so. Uh, I'd say they get pretty good. Well, especially track. I think track is really the the big sport. You know, if you go to a, a track meet in Southeast Iowa, you have to you know park in the next county and walk over, uh, no matter where it is. Uh, any track meet I've been to this year, you know, I usually go out. And uh, usually there's some t- golf or some tennis or something getting played at the same time. And so usually I'll go out and take pictures of one of those and then head over to track. And by the time I get over to track, it is just absolutely packed. It doesn't matter how big those those uh, parking lots are. So we get a lot of really, really good support for, for all the spring sports. You know, you go to a golf meet, you'll have a gallery walking around, you know, following a player. And um, so, so yeah, pe- people here uh, really get excited. I mean, you know, at the newspaper, I don't feel like it's, less red than, than football and basketball and some of those other more traditional uh, popular sports. Well, these sports kind of come at a good time, you know, because, you know, baseball hasn't started and, and basketball and football's over and, you know, there's this gap, you know, and then there's, but it's just not that bad of a gap because you're not just following one sport, you know, there's, there's four here and there's a lot going on in both, but let's, let, let's switch over and talk about something. I, I really enjoy talking about the golf. That's uh, been uh, that's been uh, the part of the spring sports. Um, I, I seem like I kind of like the most. So how's it going? Yeah, well, um, we have our you know our traditional our traditional golf powers on the girls' side are still rolling on. Washington hasn't lost. Um, I mean, they just they just keep keep rolling. Uh, McKenna Conrad and and Caitlin Long and um, they have they have they have some some top golfers. They they play the Southeast Conference plays a tournament every week 
and Washington hasn't lost. They haven't really become they haven't really come close to losing. There's some other good individuals, but they're going to be another threat for state this year. Um, on the uh, you know Fairfield's doing pretty good on girls. Mount Pleasant only has two two players on the girls golf team. They're they're both pretty good, but they can't score as a team, so they never get any you know team medals or anything like that. But um, and then New London has been rolling in in girls golf. Um, Sophie Malott and Taylor Phillips have been shooting in the um, in the 80s and 18 holes. Um, a, a couple weeks ago, they played over at Winfield, and and those two were were so far out ahead of everybody else, you know. So um, New London's girls golf is always so good. And then um, on the boys' side, there was a really, really competitive regular season in Southeast Conference boys' golf. Washington pulled it out. Um, and what they did was they played at every single uh, place. Burlington didn't play in this because they, ha- they have fall, um, fall golf, so they'll play in the conference tournament. But the other five Southeast Conference teams played at each other's courses. And in the end of it, Washington won by about 22 strokes, I think, over Fairfield, which if you think about playing five tournaments and in with 22, that's pretty close. And then, you know, 20, you know, about 25, 27 strokes after Fairfield is not pleasant. So those three schools uh, went right down to the wire. Um, Washington pulled that out. So they're the regular season champions. Uh, Mount Pleasant's Reese Kempker shot, uh, I think, a 34 on the very last tournament to, to end up being the top uh, top name individually. And so they're going to play that conference tournament, I think, next week in Fairfield. Maybe it's two weeks in Fairfield, and it's going to go. I mean, it's going to be between the the teams, especially Washington, Fairfield, and Mount Pleasant, and the individual championship. It will go absolutely right down to the wire, I think. So um, that's been a pretty exciting. You know, it's not always competitive with with any sport, but it's but it's it's always kind of good and healthy when when you've got a little bit of competitiveness and you got people beating each other and then coming back in this week, you know. I beat you and you beat me and stuff like that. So, so Southeast Conference boys golf is, has been a, been a pretty fun, uh, pretty fun experience this year. Well, keep me up and when that is, because I want to cover that with the podcast. That's the, I, I want to get to know. There's something I want to talk to you about. That's uh, uh-huh. kind of a new technology that the platform is making available to me. And uh-huh. I believe that I will soon be able to, uh, Go to live sporting events and video record them and show them on Spotify. Oh, um, on Spotify, really? Yeah. I mean, I think I could take, you know, and I see, like, you know, I mean, there's games, Fort Madison, they don't have a even radio follow them, you know what I mean? And Fairfield, I don't, I don't think they have a, a they have a, the video on YouTube, but they don't have a broadcaster. You know, they don't have, they don't have one. They don't have anything covering them at all. You know, they don't have any kind of broadcast. And I was thinking, you know, if I could just, you know, once a week, just a game of the week kind of uh, go around and highlight and showcase some of this stuff on. But I mean, I don't know if I'd run into licensing problems or what. Kind yeah, of you, I know. I know um, you might run into a little bit of license. Well, you might run into where to set up problems because usually they have um, radio stations will be the, the radio stations are not going to go to golf. Well, golf, you'll have to work on your golf voice <laughs> if you try oh, yeah. to do that. But, well, I mean, uh, I, I mean, it could be golf, but it could be soccer. I mean, it could be some yeah. of these terms. But I'm not talking about so much going to the games where there's already a lot of coverage, you know? I mean, I'm, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I don't know. I mean, I, I think it might work, uh, but I just think it might be spectacular, actually. Yeah, well, I know, you know, it's, it's like, so the radio stations don't cover a lot of the spring sports live because it's just, uh, they're, I guess they're just not, 
sports that work well on the radio, I guess. But you know, like, um, so the, so really, as as far as game coverage, I mean, they have recaps on the radio and stuff like that. But usually, the the newspaper. Usually, I'm the only media person there at soccer or golf or tennis or track. You know, yeah. um, so yeah, there there's not a lot of video for. The, I mean, some of the schools are getting pretty good at streaming. I think that when the the COVID pandemic hit. That first basketball season and football season, you basically had to stream because that first basketball season, there was a couple months where fans weren't allowed in the, in the place. And so, you know, there were a couple of schools that streamed. I think Mount Pleasant and Fairfield both streamed a few years ago. But nowadays, you know, the schools are turning towards that a lot. But I did notice during basketball season that now the fans are in, uh, some of the schools had kind of stopped and got off of that. So. I don't know where that'll be well, when. You know, I was looking. At, I, I, w- I went over the numbers pretty clearly on the YouTubes and the Facebook uh-huh. lives, and I was clearly seeing, you know, uh, even really small schools would have, you know, by halftime, two hundred and fifty people listening, you know, and they yeah. would pop out at like six hundred and sixty people, maybe by the time, you know, other people watched it, maybe after the game or something. But these Facebook yeah. lives that that the Atomo Radio Group did, they were getting 12, 1,100, 1,200, 1,400 people, you know, watching those shows, watching that live. So all I'm saying is there there's a tremendous interest, you know. And if you yeah. could add Spotify to that, which yeah. you know, I'm gonna try and see if I can't get get some of that done because you know, we're growing, we're we're becoming a radio station or or acting like a radio station, you know, provide a lot more more content and a lot more covering a lot more events and news and, and, uh, things going on. And, uh, I just, uh, you know, just wanted to run that by you as a possibility, kind of kick that around, see if there's any, any, any suggestions you'd have. And yeah, uh, well, when you mentioned the, yeah, I, I watched a couple on the Atomo radio group, just, just for whatever reason. And they do a, they did a really good job with, um, you know, some of these guys are pretty good at, they get a little score bug in there so you can see the score just like it's on TV and they have an announcer. Uh, Waco, when they were broadcasting their basketball games, they actually had an intro video. So it was like it was like if you were turning on an NBA game or something and they had the little intro to the thing. They had an intro video where they had shot highlights of the basketball team and there was like, a, you know, there was a speaker and it was just kind of uh, – that looked really, you know, pretty professional. I think there were just recent graduates had put that together for them. So – yeah, it's interesting to see people, you, you know, how, how good a quality. And then, you know, some schools, it's just kind of a camera that's on a tripod that's, you know, looking over the <laughs> looking over the court or whatever. But uh, I was, yeah, so- soccer, there's plenty of space for video and soccer, I know, because, you know, everyone just sits on the sidelines. So um, that's probably, probably the easiest one to video, honestly. Well, it, you know, it's just, I just feel like this podcasting is really the wave of the future. It's where people are going to get, get their news. Uh, well, let's kick back into the spring sports again. Let's uh, let's talk about uh, Iowa Wesleyan's baseball team. Yeah, uh, well, they just made the uh, Continental Athletic Conference uh, tournament, which uh, you, you got to get top two to go to the um, – to the Nationals, and um, I, I think we talked last time, Iowa Wesleyan had a tough time this year because the conference they're in, they don't play a full conference schedule. And because of that, they have to do a lot of non-conference stuff. Well, a lot of the schools, I think, kind of told them if we're going to do non-conference, you guys are traveling to us. So um, Iowa I have the I used to have the number, but Iowa Wesleyan played like 30-something road games before they ever played a home game this year. And, and they just had a handful of home games scheduled, and of course, a couple of those got canceled. Um and so, um, so 
I, I can't think of what their record is off the top. They were they were about ten games below five hundred um, a, a week or so ago. Um, but whatever their record is, it's it's basically playing like six home games and a bunch of road games. So um, they've got plenty of plenty of experience when they got to that tournament as far as as playing in unfamiliar territory. And then um, out of softball, um, they play Viterbo tonight in a doubleheader. Um, they they've had a lot. They've had a similar experience to the boys. They haven't had a ton of home games, but excited to go see those those guys and um they've been coming along they they dropped um they lost morgan christner who was the best pitcher in the conference for like three years and she graduated last year so they've been trying to keep teams at bay but um i don't really know what the the field is like for that conference tournament over there I, i'd imagine that they probably don't have enough wins to quite slip into that thing but um it's the thing with college sports is once you get into the conference tournament you can you can do anything, so it doesn't matter that Iowa Wesleyan had a losing baseball record. You know they're right in that tournament. And, um, they've got some pretty good arms. Coley Nassner, the uh, an old Minneapolis kid, um, has had some really really good outings for them this year. Um, they have a, a good number of local kids. Corbin Broker, um, the uh, an old uh, good player from Mount Pleasant, and Brent Broker's son over there at Mount Pleasant. He plays for Iowa Wesleyan. He, he usually hits at the top of the order. So, um, you know they've they've played some teams tough and. It's baseball. You never know what's going to happen in baseball. You get hot in baseball, and before you know it, you're playing the national tournament. So I'm hoping that they can they can pull that out. And I'm going to go um, either Hunter or I'll go watch some softball tonight for Iowa. I think it's their last home game of the year. So um, talk about squeezing a season into a month. They they have to get it done before graduation. So um, those those kids are out there playing like you know four games over the weekend, and then two games on Tuesday and two games on Wednesday just to get the season out. So uh, they're pretty. Uh, working pretty hard over there yeah it's been i i've really enjoyed to you know follow them through you you know what i mean it always brings back a lot of memories for me yeah but, uh, so uh, a lot of people are asking me about the baseball season and uh, just kind of uh, let the listeners know about when that's going to start and uh, maybe a little something about what you expect out of the the season yeah um well here in a um let's see Baseball season usually kicks off right up, right about after state track. So we've got a few weeks until state track starts because you have to go through, you know, Drake is this weekend, and then you got conference, and then state qualifier, and then state. It's kind of, in track. It's kind of one of those things where every single Thursday there's going to be something huge going on. And um, once state is done, that's usually you know, baseball practice starts early enough to usually where your spring sport gets done. Right when you get knocked out of that spring sport is the day the next day you're playing baseball, um, and. So on the baseball side of things, um, the last few years we've had a couple of good small schools. It, it's like a broken record, but New London and Mid Prairie have been really good. Um, that's kind of uh, seems like what you, we say every single sports season. Uh, New London went to state last year, and um, if it wasn't for a little bad, bit of bad luck, and I thought maybe a couple of bang bang calls that didn't go their way, uh, they would have been in the Class One A semifinals. And they bring everybody back except I think they lose one or two players. Um, from last year, they lost uh, one of their really good pitchers, but um, uh, Josh Catala, who will be running uh, for them at Drake, and I believe the four by one, uh, he is a great, a great pitcher and leadoff hitter for them. Um, Carter Allen's one of the best power hitters. Um, Tucker Gipper, their catcher. It, it, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna miss a name if I, if I rattle off all the New England baseball players, but um, New England baseball will be one of our, our best teams. Uh, Mid Prairie lost Aiden Rath, who was, one, who was, I believe, the captain of our all all union baseball team last year. Um, but they've still got a. I mean, obviously, you've seen from other sports, they got a ton of athletes over there. So 
I'd say those two are probably the baseball teams to watch out for. Washington will probably be pretty good this year. Um, all three of our, our big schools struggled a little bit last year uh, in baseball. Um, Mount Pleasant and Washington both kind of struggled to keep teams off the scoreboard, and, and Fairfield sometimes struggled to put, put runs on. So uh, Fort Madison is a stacked uh, baseball team right now. They rolled through the conference last year. Uh, and they uh, they didn't make it to state last year, but they're going to be the favorites in, in the Southeast Conference baseball. Um, and then softball starting up too. Uh, we always have some pretty good small schools of softball. New London's always pretty good. They, they'll probably be right back in the mix. Uh, Winfield and Highland were both very good last year. Highland's got a, a ton of kids coming back, um, so that'll be really competitive. And then and then the big schools, um, the Fairfield Trojans, they made it to. Um, the sub-state game last year, they made it to state two years ago. In fact, they were the three-seed at state two years ago. And a lot of those kids from two years ago are still in the lineup this year. So this is their year to do it. They got a bunch of seniors. Um, Hannah Simpson is one of the best power hitters in the whole state. Um, Cody Ingle is one of the best average hitters and one, and, and their starting pitcher. Um, Cody usually was you know batting in the 400s last year, uh, high 400s, I believe. So um, Fairfield will be probably the main team to watch in softball. Um, Washington put up a lot of runs last year too in softball. We'll we'll see how that goes. And you know, sp- summer sports is also who goes out. So, some some kids decide to take the summer off and stuff like that. So first couple of weeks probably we'll we'll have an idea of, of who the real contenders are. But the, those would be the ones I'd handicap right now. Um, baseball, I'd say New London and Mid Prairie, and in softball, I would say um, I'd say Highland and Fairfield. Well, you got me chomping at the bit for some warm weather and some outside uh, sports and support to some of these young young men and really got me looking forward to baseball you about got me salivating over here oh yeah well you know the, usually the good thing about spring sports is that you get to be out in the sun but that really hasn't been the, the case so far for me <laughs> last night was a pretty good soccer game but i've been cold probably 75 percent of the things i've been freezing my butt off so oh, i'm excited I, for the weather to get a little better i hear you well, uh, I think this is part of the show where we put a plug in for the Southeast Iowa Union and what's going on there and all the hard work that you and Hunter are doing. Yeah, yeah. Well, of course, you know, Hunter and I are out there pretty much every day, you know, putting the sports page together. And it, it's tough because we got 15, 14 high schools in one uh, college. And uh, but one thing that we can guarantee is that we'll be at something pretty much every night. And, uh, you know, pictures and stories and talking to kids and coaches and that stuff. And. Um, as I said, during spring sports, I'd say spring sports is the is the time when I when we get the most compl- compliments about um, covering covering stuff that you know maybe isn't covered by a lot of other uh, places. Just just spring sports just kind of play to a newspaper better than they do to, to broadcast stuff. So um, you know we have them all in there. Uh, some people are surprised. You know some some parents of kids that are in soccer or golf. You know that even living in in the town, they don't realize how much coverage those sports get. Um, you know, I think a, a lot of bigger newspapers just do off-season football and basketball stuff during during this time and don't really give a lot of attention to the spring sports kids. So we're Monday through Friday, and we've got some pretty cheap uh, uh, we've got some pretty cheap subscription rates. In fact, you can you can the cheapest one you can get it through Easy Pay now, which um, it, it kind of does the work for you, and you just give us your information and it, it takes it out, so you don't have to give go and and renew your subscription every every month or anything like that and we've also got three six and nine months of subscriptions so and of course you get you get all your news there too we've got some pretty big um stuff going on in the news and uh obviously you know every 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 day in small town you're gonna have something going on in the news so we're a monday through friday paper and uh you get something new every day 
So what what's some of the big stories we might be looking forward to, maybe even in sports or something that we might want to be reading about? That's a good question. Um, um, in sports, the 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 paper will really get busy because it's it, it like this. The Drake relays pretty much kick off the postseason of spring sports, which which takes man like almost a month, I think, because you have so many big track events coming up. Um, you know, and and obviously the Drake relays are, are one of the bigger um, events. All sports season in one state gets up the same thing, but um, right when that stuff starts, that's when um, golf golf postseason will begin with uh, some conference stuff. Sorry, I hear my dog barking, so I'm going to go shut this door. <laughs> um, so conference golf stuff and the state qualifiers are coming up. Um, we usually have somebody in state. We almost always have somebody in state golf. Um, the tennis tournaments will start. We almost always have somebody in state tennis. You know, between all the schools we cover, you know, golf, so- soccer might be the one that we get shut out, but between the schools we cover, we usually have somebody going up to state, and that's always a you know, a once-in-a-lifetime experience and a, a cool thing to learn about. And you never know. We could spit out a state champion in one of these sports here coming up. Just kind of uh, enjoy the ride, I guess. But that's get the, get the paper and you can enjoy the ride and maybe get, get motivated to go out and watch these kids live when the, when the weather is actually warm. You've been listening to Andy Hound Dog Crustinger <laughs> uh, with the fastest 30 minutes in Southeast Iowa sports. Uh, we talked to him some more, but we're out of time. Thanks. Uh, this has been Round Guy Radio with news you can use that don't give you the blues. And thanks for listening. Thank you, Andy. Thank you so much.